Alright, what's happening? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Tuesday? Today is the 31st, last day of January. January 31st, 2023. What is happening out there? How are you doing? How is your week so far? On today's show, like we do every Wednesday, or excuse me, every Tuesday, let's not jump ahead here, like we do every Tuesday, math theory. Now, sometimes it's more related to sports betting, right? And sometimes it's not. Sometimes we just like to have some fun, talk about probability, statistics. I think that's important. I think you have to have an understanding of that if you're going to win in sports betting. But on today's show, and sometimes on Tuesdays, we will talk directly about sports betting. So today I'm going to talk about a few things. One is I'm going to talk about normal distribution for sports bettors. What does it look like on a graph if you just take the average American Right. And say, okay, how good is this average American supposed to do over the course of, I don't know, a season betting sports? So we'll talk about the distribution of what's expected for for the average better out there. And we'll also talk about unit size. Do you bet to win a unit? Do you just bet a unit? Do you bet? uh, Because I, I saw some people talking about this on Twitter this week. And these individuals who, again, claim to be professionals, I don't understand this on Twitter, you know, they were saying, yeah, you know, I prefer to bet a unit. I don't like to bet to win. I prefer just to bet a unit. It's not a discussion. It's not a debate. There is a, there's a right answer and a wrong answer if you're focused on ROI and maximizing your return. So we'll talk about all that on today's show. Honestly, a lot of today's uh, theme on today's podcast is going to be there are so many people out there just delusionally thinking that they can win in sports betting. So I'm not here to, to shatter anyone's dreams. I'm here to talk about the logistic approach and the realistic approach you, you can expect based on math. And that's both for what our results are going to be and how much you should bet every time you make a sports bet. Special thanks to betteredge.com online, B-E-T-T-O-R, like sports better, edge.com. They allow you to bet VIG free. So they get rid of the minus 110 and that helps everybody. Whether you've been doing this for 20 years, you make money, or you're just brand new at sports betting, everyone out there could stand to bet with Better Edge. Online, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up. That's going to get you a free $20 upon sign up. All right, so let's get to it. Let's actually start off with uh, bet size. Do you bet to win a unit? Do you just bet a unit? Like how, what's, what's the, the standard here? Because what a lot of people do is they'll bet to win a unit, right? If, it, if it's minus 110 and your units are 20 bucks, a lot of people will bet 22 to win 20. That's standard. That's not really going against the grain for well, uh, what a lot of people do. But when it comes to underdogs, those same people will now bet a full unit on the underdog. So if you have a minus 110 and your units are 20 bucks, you may bet 22 to win 20. But if you get a plus 200 and your units are 20 bucks, a lot of you bet 20 to win 40. Here's why that's not ideal. If you want to maximize your ROI, you should always bet to win a unit. And it doesn't really have to do with anything other than exposure. You want to be exposed and have the most money out there for your best games. Now, maybe your best games align with an underdog. I'm not saying that. But for most people out there, for the average sports better, what you're doing, because the difference between a pro and an average better is an average better makes really good bets a lot. They just can't distinguish the really good ones from the bad ones, right? It's more random. Obviously, professionals know the difference. Well, for the average better out there, 
if you're betting, let's say $20 units, if every minus 110, you're betting 22 to win 20, but every plus 200, you're betting 20 to win 40, you're now putting more money on less likely events to happen. If you keep putting the same unit on all these underdogs, whether it's 10 to one, five to one, or two to one, you're overexposing on bets that are less likely to hit. Now, again, this is strictly for the average better out there. No professionals who can distinguish a little bit of margin here or an edge here or, you know, uh, value there. This is for the average American, the average better. And the average person out there, I think if you're not doing this, you should, you should switch right now because you're going to lose less on your losses. You're going to win the same on your wins. And over the course of time, you're not going to bleed yourself out because you're losing more every time an underdog loses. So what it should look like if your units are $20, if you get, you get a minus 110, you bet 22 to win 20. But if you get a plus 200, you bet 10 to win 20. You see what I'm saying? It's always to win the unit. And it's funny because the individuals who were talking about this on Twitter were having this discussion as if it were a preference. <laughs> He's like, nah, I don't like, I, I prefer to do this. It's like, this isn't a debate. This isn't up for discussion. This is a yes or no answer if you understand mathematics. If you want to maximize your ROI and you are a flat unit better and you are an average better out there, which is 99.5% of my audience, betting to win a unit is obviously the best thing. And when, when I talk about this, this person on Twitter, they weren't saying what I'm saying, right? They weren't qualified and say, look, I know for most people out there, this is, you know, he was just, he was just flat saying, no, I prefer to do this, kind of not having an understanding of how the math works, right? And this individual, I don't want to call him out or anything for two reasons. One, I'm not here to be an asshole, but two, I don't want to give this loser any more publicity than they deserve because they, they work for some like notable, like well-known company. Okay, so I don't, I'm going to be clear here. I don't have an issue with this individual, like personally. Here's what's going on. Here's what happens. Behind the scenes, this individual probably has, you know, content that is in the sports betting realm. They probably know sports very well. This is what happens a lot. Someone who knows sports really well is contacted, whether it's an ESPN, uh, uh, CBS, or a bet-sided you know, so they'll contact these people and say, hey, you look like you know what you're doing. You want to come be our senior editor. You want to come be, you know, have a role here. I don't, I'm not here to, to rip on that. Someone said yes to a job. Okay, I'm, I, that's okay. You want to make a living in the sports betting industry. You want to pretend like an insider. You want to get a paycheck. That's my issue. All these people getting paychecks from these companies and then they want to give you gambling advice. Like if you want gambling advice, you probably listen to shows like this where I've been, I've been paying my mortgage for five years with sports betting. Okay, not some loser on ESPN who who, you know, gets a fat paycheck every month and tells you how to bet your money. That's that's crazy to me. So this individual, it's like I don't have an issue with him personally, but the issue comes now where you get on Twitter or TikTok or wherever it is and announce to the world the correct way to bet when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about in the first place. You know what it's kind of like if you personally prefer because this individual says that they prefer to uh, uh, they prefer to bet a unit not to bet to win a unit, right? Well, that preference is dead wrong as we just exam or as we just went through in the, in the example. Mathematics say you don't you bet to win a unit every time. You don't just bet a unit. Well, this person saying, you know, I just I like to bet a unit every time. I'm not, I'm not a big bet to win a unit guy. That says to me you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand the math. So it's fine. If you think that, that's great. If that's your preference not to bet to win a unit, fine. That's your preference. But now you get on Twitter, you tell everyone else to do that. That's wild. That's, that's bad practice. It's almost the same thing as if you prefer to tip your waiter or waitress 100%. It's like, that's fine. I don't, I don't care what you do with your money. But when you go on Twitter and TikTok and social media and say, hey, everyone should tip their waiter or waitress 100%, I now have an issue with that. 
right? That's what's going on here. People who don't know what, what they're talking about are getting on Twitter, <laughs> posting their bets, posting advice. They don't know what's going on. They have no idea what's happening here. So that's the first thing. You always bet to win a unit, especially if you're just getting going, if you're learning this. I know Massachusetts just opened up the doors. There's a lot of brand new bettors in the country. If you are just getting going, don't always bet a unit. You're going to bleed yourself dry. All right, let's move on to normal distribution. Uh, I love this because, again, on the same note I was just talking about, there are so many people out there who are either knowingly lying to you or they think they're really good and they're lying to you. Now, we're going to ignore the, the scammers. We're going to ignore the people who know they're not professionals. They know they're not going to win long term, but they see an opening. They see where there's a lot of dumbasses out there who will pay like a $20 monthly subscription for picks from random Twitter accounts. So there's a lot of people out there creating new Twitter accounts every six months, rebranding, acting like they're new, right? So that's not who I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about today the people who try and do this legitimately. The people on Twitter and TikTok and wherever else who legitimately think they're good sports bettors, who legitimately think they're winning and they can continue to win long-term and make other people money. That's who I'm talking about today. And to highlight this, we're going to talk about normal distribution. Now, if you'd like to follow along or look at a graph and, and kind of see what I'm talking about, I recommend typing into Google, God, what should you type in? Probably just like normal distribution graph. And that'll give you around, or that'll, that should bring up what I'm talking about in the images. So normal distribution comes down to this. When you have a bit, a set of data, whether it's players in the NBA making jump shots or students in a classroom getting grades, most things in life, if they're put on a graph, will look like this normal distribution curve that either you looked up before or I'd like for you to look it up now, type in normal distribution graph on Google. A lot of data falls into this pattern, this category. And what it means is you separate the entire data set into standard deviations. And today I'm gonna keep things as digestible and, and listenable and, and simple as possible because my audience is not pros. Okay, my audience is not filled with professionals. So if you have some math PhD and you're going, well, Tyler, it's actually this is, I could give a shit. Okay, this is not for you. This is for the masses and we're making it digestible today. Okay, so generally when you get data sets, whether it's like I said, kids grades in the classroom, jump shots in the NBA or anything else, it's going to look like this graph. And what you do is you split it up into devi standard deviations. Standard deviation simply means how far away from the mean is our data or any given data point. So when you break up standard deviation, you're evenly splitting the data set into digestible chunks where we can identify what's going on within the numbers. So if that confuses you, just stay tuned. I'm gonna hopefully unpack that a little bit. So when you talk about standard deviation, it's just a way to group uh, certain things. Let's talk about sports betting. Standard deviation will group winning percentages. So when you have a huge number of people, let's say we're, we're, we're sample sizing a million Americans or we're sampling a million Americans. Let's say there's a million people out there betting sports, which there's probably more, but let's hypothesize for the sake of today's show and say there's 1 million Americans betting sports. Here's what that distribution looks like. Of those million sports bettors, 
682,000 of you will end the year or season or any, any given time where you get at least 625 bets, because that's the minimum here. Okay, so this is at least making 625 bets. Of those million people betting, 682,000 will be right in between 47 and 53%. The vast majority of people betting will stick right around that 50%. If you're having an amazing year, you may be 53. If you're low end, you may be 47. 68.2% of people will fall in that, in that one standard deviation. And in this example, a standard deviation is 3%. And this is, again, using math that I think is appropriate for the American sports better. So at a 3% standard deviation, obviously, if you start at 50%, go three on one side, three on the other, that's 47 to 53%, right? So 682,000 people of the million will be right there in that corridor. But if you expand the graph, what we expect is to see people on both sides. There's going to be, following these numbers, 136,000 people of the million who are picking 44% to 47%. That's not great. But on the other side of the graph, there's going to be 136,000 people who are picking 53 to 56%. And if you keep going towards the tails of the graph, there's going to be 21,000 people who are picking 41 to 44%, kind of a stinker. But there's also 21,000 people who are picking 56 to 59% winners. And then again, to kind of finish this graph, the very, very tail ends of the distribution graph, there are going to be 2,000 people in the country. Not that many, right? It's, it's a small percentage, but there's going to be 2,000 people who are between 38 and 41%. Oof. They may say, boy, I'm bad at this, never doing this again. And there's going to be 2,000 people who are between 60 and 63%. So let's talk about this. Let's assume you're one of those 2,000 people who finished between 60 and 63%. You may be saying to yourself, I'm really good at this. I'm picking winners. I know how to do this. I've been watching whatever it is, the NBA or the NFL, my whole life. I get how this works. Of course, look at the results. I'm 60%. I'm making a hell of a lot of money. Here's the issue is in this example, all 1 million American sports bettors are looked at as being the exact same. So just based on probability and just based on happenstance and how math plays out, the law of large numbers says if we have a million people, there's pretty much a guarantee that 2,000 or so will be picking 60 to 63% winners. We can guarantee that. Now, if we go interview those 2,000 people, all 2,000 may have a reason why they're picking so well. Oh, I've always watched football. I know the sport. I used to coach. I played for my whole life. They will make reasons up as to why they're picking so well when mathematically it was expected some people were going to. Not every single person in the, in the world is going to go exactly 50%. Based on deviation and variation, there's going to be people out there who are picking 60 to 63%. Now, should that individual go start a Twitter account and go start a TikTok and start telling everyone else in the world how to bet? No. But do a lot of those people end up doing that? Yes, because they're misidentifying what's going on here. This goes back to the, the show we did a couple of weeks ago, The Law of Large Numbers, where I said the same kind of example. If we have a room full of 1 million people, it's guaranteed pretty much, you know, uh, in, in probability, that at least one of those people is going to flip heads 20 times in a row. Now, the odds of that happening are very, very slim. If you just go out in the backyard right now with you, by yourself, it's going to take a long time a long time 
to flip 20 heads in a row. But if you have a room full of a million people, you can essentially guarantee based on the law of large numbers, it's going to happen. Same thing here. With all these sports bettors in the country, in, in America, and the world, frankly, there's going to be a lot of people out there who are going 60 to 63%. In our example, if there's a million people betting, there's going to be 21,000 who are in between 56 and 59%. That is unbelievably good. If you're going 56% in your career, you are insanely profitable. But 21,000 Americans this year are going to think they're a lot better at sports betting than they are. So here's what, here's the long game. Here's what's going to happen eventually. You may say, what does it matter, Tyler? What does it matter if I'm one of those 21,000 Americans and I'm 56, 59%? Can I just enjoy my wins? And that's not what I'm talking about, of course. That's what I prefer. Enjoy your wins. Understand what's going on. The issue is where you misidentify that for something else. When you now go, oh, I can do this for a living. And you quit your job, right? Or you go, oh man, I'm really good at this. And you keep doing the same thing you were doing because next year, you're just as likely to be 50%, if not 40%. So that's what's going to happen is either they're going to make a Twitter account, sell picks and disappoint a lot of people, or they're going to quit their job trying to do this professionally and disappoint themselves. Or the third option is maybe they were a listener of, of, of Sports Betting Daily, right? And maybe they understand what variation looks like. Maybe they understand what normal distribution looks like. And hopefully they understand that sometimes you're going to get wild results because that's how stuff works with enough people out there betting with enough people. And it it doesn't seem like it if it's you, if you happen to be one of those 2000 picking 60 to 63% or one of those 21,000 picking 56 to 59%, you go, "Ah, that's not me. I know it's it's probably the, the idea, you know, what's going on for everyone else, but not me. I know football. I've known football my whole life. Right? So it's this is sort of like the paradox of math. It always applies, but short term, it always seems so random. But in general, there's going to be a lot of people who are picking well just based on math, based on normal distribution. Does that mean we should buy their picks on Twitter and listen to what they have to say about right ways to bet? I don't think so. And also on today's show, if you're going to bet, bet to win a unit. Or if you're going to bet units, I should say. And you're a, and you're identify yourself as an average American better, bet to win a unit. You're not going to overexpose yourself on all these underdogs. And kind of the last thing here to wrap the whole show up, when you're betting uh, consistently like minus 110, you're, you're betting uh, to win a unit on the minuses, but you're betting a unit on the pluses, you're never fluctuating your minus bets. Whether it's minus 150 or minus 120 or minus 200, you're always betting to win a unit. But when it's plus 200, plus 500, plus, you know, 1,000, well, now you're betting to win two units, five units, 10 units. So you see what I'm saying? It skews your exposure if you're always betting the same uh, unit every single game. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.